0: I had taken a class actually on, on making my own shampoos and that was another inspiration too um, just seeing seeing these other women in the room and thinking can, can this be me like I, I just felt like I, my passion was, was more real than anybody else in that room and so again I, had, I didn't recognize the business potential at that point but it, it was to kind of the personal hobby so that you know that played into it too this DIY shampoo class but once I felt that fire from that class I decided to try to make every
1: You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast, a series of interviews with inspiring leaders from Portland and beyond. Hi, Jamie. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for being on the podcast. So I'm really excited to have you on because your story is so, it's not only inspiring because it's local in Portland, but um, you have a lot of big plans with the company being acquired. So first, uh, Jamie Schmidt, you're the founder of Schmidt's Naturals. You know, I want to start, The story of the brand right it has really humble beginnings from like farmers markets right so if you could just share kind of
0: absolutely thanks for having me here yeah um yeah so schmidt started in 2010 uh started more as a hobby of mine Uh, i was um if you were in portland at that time you know it was uh during the maker movement where Mm -hmm. everybody was was making something you know whether it was you know kombucha hot sauce candles whatnot um it was, it was just the time of the maker and it was super, super inspiring. And, you know, I, there was a day when I was just, I thought, where's my, where's my thing? What can I make? And what can I, you know, bring to the community and sell and feel good about? And so, um, I really found my passion with body care products, you know, not, not just to, to sell and, you know, say that I created something, but just for my own personal use too. you know, I was pregnant at the time. I was really paying close attention to the products I was using in my body. Mm -hmm. And, um, the deodorant was one that, um, in particular was, was really important to me. You know, it's, it's in an area that's really sensitive and it's uh, especially for women. Mm -hmm. Um, and and mostly the motivation for that one came from the fact that natural deodorants just weren't working well for me and mm. they had a reputation. And I think a lot of listeners can probably relate, um, finding a natural deodorant that, that performed well was tricky. Um, so there was, you know, that motivation there too. So there are all these factors playing in, um, you know, kind of to the creation of Schmitz and, um, I decided to give it a go and finding a farmer's market in Portland was easy. You know, there, <laughs> yeah. It still is. I mean, yeah. they're, they're every weekend, they're everywhere, um, not every market was, you know, open to bringing in a rookie that hadn't a reputation yet, um, but there were a few that um, welcomed me with open arms. And once I was there, uh, didn't take long for me to to get that following of customers. That um,
1: so, well, stepping back, how did you? Did you just make this? Uh, like, what I did? How did yeah, you go about I, I
0: started. I, I had taken a class actually on um, making my own shampoos, and that was another inspiration to um, just seeing. Seeing these other women in the room and thinking, can, can this be me? Like, I, I just felt like I, my passion was was more real than anybody else in that room. And so, um, again, I had I didn't recognize the business potential at that point, but it, it was to kind of the personal hobby. Um, so that you know that played into it too. This DIY shampoo class, um, but but once I felt that fire from that class, I decided to try to make everything. So I bought a bunch of books. Um, you know, I was using Google, but it wasn't as popular back then. Um, so I had all these DIY books with different recipes on lotions, face creams, whatnot, and just went for it. Yeah. Many, many iterations of recipes. Uh, the farmer's markets were great because customers were giving me their direct feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd try the product, come to me next week and tell me their, you know, what they thought of it. And so it was just such a great opportunity for me to truly make something that, you know, people, we're giving their feedback on in the moment.
1: Yeah, and this that, is so Portland—a DIY shampoo yeah, so class. Portland. So this—that's so Portland. <laughs> so, I mean, this is amazing because it's like this very homegrown story. So, what was the next steps after that? You got this initial feedback, and you just right. say, "Hey, they're." Something. Were you working at the time, or what? I, I
0: was. I had a um, kind of a part-time job. It was. After, I was while well, I was pregnant. Actually, it was full-time at the time. Um, but then once I had my baby, it was part-time, and then kind of reduced hours once I saw the potential of Schmitz. Yeah. Um, but once I was at the markets, the fire, you know, was lit inside me. I just getting the feedback from the customers was so rewarding. It was the first time I'd, I'd ever really felt any sort of passion behind my work. You know, I tried a lot of different career paths. Um, had a couple degrees. You know, I have an undergrad in business and masters in sociology. Yeah tried lots of different jobs but nothing really was feeling like it was the right thing for me. Yeah. Um so at these markets it was the first time I was really, you know, excited. Um and so I saw you know, saw that potential and really just understood there was a huge need in the market for a product like Schmidt's. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically the deodorant. You know, I made the choice to to hone in on just deodorant back then and um decided to do one thing, do it really well and, and go in a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And uh, do you do you feel like you had this entrepreneur inside of you always? Yeah,
0: it's kind of been there. Um, just small things, you know, throughout uh, early adulthood. I was always exploring different ideas. There was one day I decided I was going to uh, create a business re- recycling clothing into new <laughs> new um, items. It, d- it didn't take long before I realized I didn't have the sewing ability, <laughs> but I had a business plan or you yeah. know a little mission written out. I had a name and a logo. Um, there was a time too, my husband and I had decided we were going to open uh, this vegan or vegetarian, I guess, uh, restaurant. And we had, I'm not going to tell you the details because it may happen one day, <laughs> but we had this whole menu drawn out. And it's amazing when I look back on it. And so there's always been little sparks mm-hmm. you know, inside me. And even as a kid, you know, with lemonade stands and that sort yeah. of thing.
1: So it's always been inside. Yeah. So, well, did you, so after the kind of the launch and getting in a farmer's market mm-hmm. and testing it what did you get investors or what was kind of the next steps for your business and why did you decide to stay i mean you were already in portland right what made portland kind of say hey if we're gonna make this a business Mm -hmm. what was it about portland yeah
0: portland is a great city for many reasons um one just the customer base with you know that type of product and consumers in portland were smart and they wanted you know natural healthy products and um so it was a great place just to just to tap into that customer base. Um, also the talent. I mean, finding creative agencies is is easy. Yeah. You know, there were no shortages there. Um, you know, artists who could de- design my labels for a fair price. Um, so it was just. I felt like the community was just very supportive and in many ways. And like I said, the opportunities for different markets, mm-hmm. even um, you know the co ops and the independent shops were plentiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, So it was a great place to grow the business, and I don't think it would have been as easy any other any other place. Yeah, yeah.
1: We do do have that. So you're doing this full time, Mm -hmm. and you started selling it, and I mean, online or out retail was pretty receptive to it at first, the retailers
0: or? yeah they kind of they started coming to me at the markets actually we there were customers going into stores and asking where can I find schmitz and so the <laughs> retailers were actually coming to my booth so wow. it was pretty cool I didn't have to put a lot of effort into the you know outbound sales um but once I did recognize hey like let's I can make this a wholesale thing and get into stores I started going around and bringing my kid in the stores with me and you know <laughs> he was still a baby back then and um just pitched it and getting into the co-ops was my first goal hmm. that was a big success and um we moved you know i had been working in my home i hired a couple of people okay. a couple of years in and then saw an opportunity around the corner from me to offer in this kind of abandoned warehouse well not really a warehouse but more of a kind of an interesting building that was about 1200 square feet and a, it was a perfect fit okay. for me and what I needed to expand outside the house, yeah. and that's when I knew this is this was a real thing. Yeah. You know, I had a, a business outside my home. I hired a couple more people, so I had about you know four or five employees at the time, and we just kept growing.
1: And at that moment, were you kind of like, "Oh shit, this is real," or did you? Yeah. feel... Fe- was there. I mean, how was that? Is, was it a little scary? Right. Was, I co-
0: tried not to overthink it. Yeah. And I, I can say that throughout most of the business growth as I kind of just was living in the moment, appreciating it for what it was mm-hmm. and not putting too much thought into it because mm-hmm. it could be really scary. Yeah. Um, and when you start overthinking things too, you might start doubting yourself or comparing yourself right. to other brands. And uh, for me, it was just like, what's in front of me? And it felt good and it felt right. And so I just rolled with it.
1: Yeah. You had this purpose. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: So, well- how did you catch the attention of Unilever?
0: Yeah, so that came um, recently, just in 2017. So I'll back up a bit um, in Schmidt's history. So it was around 2014, at the end of 2014, I had um, a business partner come into. His name is Michael. Um, he had expressed interest, and um, the two of us had very different things to offer the company. And so we joined forces and um, Together had built uh, this brand even further over a couple of years, and then um, 2017 was really our year. We were getting attention from many, many different entities and parties and interested investors, and we weren't looking for it. It just sort of was coming to us.
1: And do you, and what was the reason? I'm, I'm yeah. always curious, you know, just for other you know entrepreneurs here in Portland. How did that come? Was it just very organic?
0: Yeah, or? I, I mean, a big part of it was that you know these big CPG companies, um, you know, for example Unilever. I mean, yeah. they could see that Schmitz was was stealing sales from some of their other brands. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, we were we were on the shelves at Target and Walmart, and um, the sales numbers were real. I mean, they yeah. we were, we were a threat, and mm-hmm. I think um, you know for these companies to keep up with us, they wanted to join our family yeah. or have us join their family, and so yeah. it made sense for them. Yeah, you know, it made. Um, it was interesting. It was um, – it just kind of happened quickly. You know, we had – Michael, my partner, had been having all these meetings, flying around, mm-hmm. and having many conversations. Mm-hmm. And the two of us had put our heads together and think, okay, what makes most sense for the brand? And Take it to that next level. Yeah. Time. And
1: how – at first, were you a little kind of like – you know, this is my baby. I want to grow. Yeah. It. Of so. course there
0: were many emotions around it. And I, we worked so hard over the, you know, for me, it was eight years of yeah. just putting myself into this a hundred percent. Um, and I think I was just at a point where I knew we needed more to really continue to compete, mm-hmm. continue to take it to that next level and, you know, make sure we were doing it the right way. I mean, we literally grew that company through bootstrapping yeah. and, um, so you know, you we knew what we you take were doing. The
1: investment really up until, yeah. I mean,
0: it was this, you know, the small partnership with with Michael. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a small contribution there. Um, but no, I mean, this was, yeah, we were at a point too where it made sense to have more capital. I mean, we, sure. these orders were coming in from Walmart, you know, we're getting store wide, and you know, yeah. to keep up with that demand was was intense. Mm-hmm. And you know, the cash, the bills aren't always getting paid when, right. the, when the product needs to be made, mm-hmm. and um, So it was, the timing was appropriate.
1: Yeah. And so you, you do this deal and that I think closes end of last year, right. in in 2017 and
0: it was midnight on December 31st, 2017. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like something (laughs) rushing. I just feel like
1: people copying stuff. Yeah. uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Was that, I mean, was their team, I mean, it sounds like you and I were talking before this Mm -hmm. They're you know, they're generally want to get in this space because this is what consumers are looking for. So it sounds like a really good partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, what were they kind of looking when they acquired you, as yeah. far as uh, building the brand? What right. Of, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, Unilever saw the the potential with Schmidt's, not just in the sales, but also our brand story. I mean, they yeah. lo- they loved you know my founding story. Yeah. They saw the customer engagement that we were having, which was really unheard of. Yeah. Our social media engagement was amazing, and mm-hmm. just unlike any other you know deodorant brand that you'd mm-hmm. see. And um, so they knew they were buying all of that you Mm -hmm. know and we had a lot to offer we had a very unique pov we were um, really developed into more of a lifestyle brand which um, is not very common in the industry either right so
1: so you know what's kind of the future of the the brand you still have uh operations here in portland Mm -hmm. um are you guys looking to you know keep that here kind of staff some folks or what what's kind of right
0: Yeah, I mean we're we're still growing. We have um, lots of plans for new products, and uh, yeah, there's um, some exciting things that are in the works. That um, I'm really. Think you can share not yet? This stay (laughs) tuned. (laughs) This this summer, yeah, something exciting is on its way, and um, there's more that we're developing. And yeah, I mean there's unlimited potential. You know that we're with Unilever, we have greater access. You know to Mm -hmm. distribution channels and supply Mm -hmm. chain and customer insights and all that. So.
1: And I know you're currently, one of your roles now is really, you know, being an ambassador for your namesake company and going mm-hmm. around the country. How has been the reaction to Portland? Like when you say, like, yeah. I started in Portland, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, we're becoming this really growing entrepreneur community. Yeah. What are some folks around the country when you're meeting with other companies and the Targets, Walmart, of the world, right. you know, what's kind the, the of they think I
0: think. Portland gives it some cred for sure. I, it's cool. I feel proud to say, you know, it's, yeah. we are a Portland brand. I just feel like it adds some kind of flair and mm-hmm. <laughs> excitement around the mm-hmm. name. And people um, are
1: kind of like, what's what's going on there? Yeah. It's coming, people are hearing more about right. it. And so. Yeah,
0: for sure. And then a lot of people sometimes will reference Portlandia, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yes, that yeah. whole image of still get that will yeah. fade away probably in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> but I still get it too. when I talk
1: to other people back in New York. Oh, I was just like, oh, right. like it's just like the show. Isn't sure. Funny? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, the community here is pretty tight because it mm-hmm. is still a kind of small town. So are you, you know, part of an entrepreneur network or what's kind yeah. of, and I know one of the things you eventually want to do is, you know, invest in other companies here. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's, what's kind right. of that, like, you that-
0: know, I, I do have a little more time on my hands and, um, a bit of cash to play with for, uh-huh. you know, I'm, my goal really is to help really motivate other brands, you know, with my story and just show yeah. them like, what i did and that it is possible and um i think portland is still the perfect place for that you know the city's going through some changes of course but i still think um the potential here is huge i mean that maker movement was so strong back when i started the company and i think it's still very alive today and i personally want to tap into that and help um boost these these other brands and see you know how i can play a role in in their success and their yeah and there's a couple
1: yeah. big uh, what are the maker organizations yeah here?
0: portland made is a big one yeah. that um i've recently um become more involved in really mm-hmm. excited about the potential of that organization um there's a lot of other um networks that i'm starting to explore as well i mean you have your mm-hmm. your group yeah, um i'd
1: love for you to throw an invitation yeah. to speak at one of these days <laughs> definitely that would be fun yeah yeah and there's still a lot of great companies so you, you mentioned you know, we're growing Mm -hmm. some of the challenges associated with that, you know, besides just business, but talk about that as well. uh, What are the pros and cons of our growth
0: in Portland? Yeah. Yeah. And just in
1: general, I know, you know, I live in the burbs, kind of newly (laughs) formed out there as well. So what do you see? Yeah, I see,
0: I definitely see, you know, the side, both sides of the story. I I moved to Portland because it was a place to, to live cheaply. Right. (laughs) Back. I guess it's been about 12 years now. Um, it, was, it had a reputation for being the place where 20-year-olds go to retire yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. something to that effect. And it's true. And I like that about the city because people could really embrace um, their true passions and take their time finding themselves. And, right. you know, I feel like that was really a strong selling point for a lot of the massive influx of people that were coming here. Um, but I also am very excited about all the growth that I am seeing. I think mm-hmm. there's major opportunity for business and a major opportunity um, just for the city as a whole. I mean, it's... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see in yeah. another couple of years. But I think there'll always be that creative spirit here. Like, I don't mm-hmm. see that dying. I think as long as Portland continues to maintain, you know, access to these things like markets and street festivals and mm-hmm. have opportunities, um, I'm, the housing is one that concerns me. I, I just really hope that we have continued to or <laughs> begin to offer, you know, lower income housing. and. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm like you and I say this yeah. a lot when I interview people, like, we have this ethos here. Mm-hmm. And it's a great place, uh, not only to live and to be creative, but really to start a business. Mm-hmm. Um, but the housing thing is an, is kind of a crucial uh, element because I'm talking to a lot of folks who are, who are looking to hire people uh, in maybe other parts of the country move here and they're mm-hmm. having a challenge because – you know, it's hard for him to find an actually affordable place to live. Right, uh, like it was when I, I moved here 12 years ago as well. So right. it was a little like get a cheap place. Uh, yeah, live with a few folks. So that that's a little bit of a challenge. But I'm still extremely optimistic and bullish right. on what we can we can do here. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where can folks you know find? Schmitz in your story is right. just your website, right? But, yeah, we have
0: um, our website schmidt's naturals.com. Um, we are all over social media. Mm-hmm. You we know, do a lot on Instagram, Facebook, um, and then I have my own personal Instagram, which has been fun maintaining, and that's um, just Jamie schmidt twenty two. Okay, um, I, I you know do a lot with Schmitz on there, and then I also kind of have my own little passions that are yeah yeah. To take over I'm
1: just real, real quick, how's that been? Because we're obviously this is great, like this this social with uh, entrepreneurs. I think mm-hmm. that's a great outlet let's explore like their daily life is that as you've crossed that line from running like the social for your company to your personal Mm -hmm. life and brand, have you liked that? Have you translated pretty seamlessly or?
0: For sure. It definitely, once I had a little more time in my hands, I realized some of the things I just had been kind of putting on the back burner that I was really missing. And I think one piece of advice that I would have for people growing their business is Always maintain kind of that personal brand, Mm -hmm. even though you're so busy and distracted by the company. Mm -hmm. I think it's just nice to, you know, even if you're not posting on social all the time, just taking photos of of your developments and things that you've you're experiencing because yeah. I, I there's times when i'm like i wish i had more pictures from five years ago you know but i was right. so busy i didn't think about it so just documenting that and keeping track of time you know milestones and yeah that that sort of thing I think yeah is, that is journey key. is so key. yeah and that's what people, consumers and
1: people want right. right
0: and later when you're able to step back and really like remember and think about it it's really fun to, to yeah. have you know that stuff <laughs> it's
1: fun and, oh gosh yeah. that was hard right yeah <laughs> <laughs> well well jamie thanks so much for thank you
0: it was a pleasure